Welcome to SNAP, survivors of narcissistic and abusive personalities. This educational recovery podcast is presented by Claremont Mental Health and Mandy Friedman, licensed professional clinical counsellor. This presentation contains vital information for survivors of abuse. Topics include the spectrum of abusive personalities, targets of abuse, abusive relationships, and survivors in recovery. We hope this information helps you gain solid footing and clarity as you navigate your road to recovery. I'm Mandy. Today we're going to talk about the talk. I hear this so often, I felt like I needed to make a video about it. So this is the pattern. It's when we're still questioning, we're still struggling with establishing within us the fact, the truth that this person is abusive, they're going to continue to be abusive, but guess what? You love them. You love them a lot. Um, you've, you've invested in the relationship. You might have a family together. You might have kids together. Um, and there are things that you've been missing in terms of your dynamic and you've been neglected. So this person is nicer to the neighbor than they are to you. They're nicer to strangers than they are to you. They treat you with disgust and contempt. They never say nice things to you. They actually will purposely do mean things in a moment when they're supposed to be nice. So here you are starving for someone to just be nice to you, to say nice things, to take responsibility. So guess what happens in the cycle of abuse? There's this pressure that builds, right? So you have pressure building, pressure building, and this is within the abuser, right? They, they need entertainment, they need to explode, they need somewhere to put their anger, they need someone to accuse of things to take the attention off of themselves, right? So a little bit at a time, the pressure is building and you're noticing that the person's getting grumpier, nastier, maybe they're, um, you know, they're kind of disappearing for chunks of time, and then there's usually an explosion and during that explosion, they might go too far. They might say too much or do too much. And they see that they've gone too far. Um, and then part of the honeymoon part of the cycle is when we come back together, we have a good talk, they say the things that they should always have said, and then your feel-good chemicals are back online now. Because remember, you were emotionally deprived. So you're relying on this person to give you those feel-good chemicals that make you feel okay, that make you feel affirmed, assured, and relaxed. Doesn't last long, but we long for it, we yearn for it, and they know this, right? So they'll give it to you right in the right moments, but they're really just tossing you a bone, but it feels like it's filet mignon because you've been starving this whole time. So from my perspective as a therapist, so I'll have a session with someone and they'll be telling me all the horrible things the person did and, you know, and they can't understand the behavior. How could someone treat them this way? How, how do people act like this? It's so confusing and, and I just don't get it, you know. Um, and so we're doing a lot of psychoeducation. We're learning about the patterns. We're giving, you know, the vocabulary that we can use to discuss these sorts of behaviors. And then they'll come back for another session and they're, they seem, you know, like, uplifted and what is the saying every single time well we had a great talk we had a talk well we talked we talked and it was a good talk and so 
here's everything that was said. And it's always, you know, them finally taking responsibility, them saying that they're going to change, them saying that they have mistreated you and owning up to it. They say all the right things and they become the person that you fell in love with. They become reasonable. They become self-aware. And you're like, oh, wow, okay, so things are going to get better, right? It's going to, he's going to change or she's going to change. They're going to change, right? And, and this conversation that we just had, the nice talk, the good talk that we just had, it was meaningful. And when I hear that, <laughs> you know, for a while I will say, um, oh, well, let's see how it goes. Great. You know, well, that sounds like that's what we needed to hear. And then, you know, inevitably we see that the cycle will continue and the behavior doesn't change, the person doesn't change, and the things that they said they really didn't necessarily mean. But the, the target of these talks, right, there's a reason why that the person uses these conversations and how they use them to manipulate their targets. And I have a list of things here that I'll share with you. One, they do the talk because they've gone too far. They know they need to reel you back in and they know how to do that. It's very easy at a certain point to reel us back in because we're so desperate. We're so, you know, we're very much starving um, and it's a carrot on a stick. We see it and we go straight for it. We take the bait. And speaking of bait, bait and switch. So they will draw you into this conversation that indicates positive change, but in the background, they're actually planning and plotting something that's coming next. So for example, they'll have a conversation with you about um, everything they've done wrong and they, they really would like to be a family again and they want to spend more time with you and the kids and so on and so forth and whoever they were cheating with, that person's gone. And you're like, Oh, thank God, they're finally being honest. They're finally taking responsibility. And then two days later, you get served with divorce papers. This is, these are the things that happen. Or two days later, you find out that you have an STD. Or two days later, you find out that they got somebody else pregnant. Or they disappear. All of a sudden, they're gone, not answering their phone. You have no idea where they went. But we had a really good talk. <laughs> right? Like you had a good talk, didn't you? Okay. So bait and switch is like to lull you into a sense of safety so that they can have room then to carry out their dastardly plans. We also have that it, it gets you off their back. So if you are, you know, finally honing in on, wait a second, this is not right. And you start to let it be known that you are now aware that this dynamic is not healthy. It's not okay. The way they're treating you is not okay. Once they see that you see that, then they'll give you this talk because it'll get you off their back. It's also a form of reverse triangulation in that, you know, if you are telling people about their bad behaviors and if they care about that. So some of them don't care what people think, but a lot of them do care a lot what people think. That's why it's so important that they control the narrative. So reverse triangulation would be that if they know that you are, um, you know, talking to your mother or talking to your friend or talking to your therapist about the situation and you guys have a great talk, they know you're going to report that back and that in turn will then persuade the person that is actually supporting you in leaving the relationship. So they wanna manufacture evidence that you can pass along to someone that would then say, oh, well, maybe we're wrong. You know, maybe they are getting better. So reverse triangulation. Also, we talk about brain chemistry quite a bit in these relationships. You are starving for feel-good chemicals. 
right? In your brain, it's very frustrating and puzzling to you that, that at a certain point in time, you felt so secure, full of love, adored, and had the attention that you needed. Um, and then now it's gone and you are in a lot of pain. And the only time that you aren't in pain then is when this person is nice to you finally. And so the brain chemistry that's involved when you have the talk, again, will lull you into a sense of safety and security that this person actually has the intent to change. Um, and they always say everything they should have said. And, you, and it's almost like they're checking all these boxes, things you've been carrying around and maybe haven't even said out loud. And they will methodically say things that check, that, uh, that sort of attend to all those boxes. I did do this, you know, um, I shouldn't have done such and such. I know that I'm this way. I should be this other way. And you're going check, check, check in your mind. And that is pretty, you know, that's amazing to us when we finally hear them say the things that we've always wanted to hear them say. But I've got news for you. That doesn't make it better. That actually makes it worse. It makes it worse. Why? Because it shows that they have been aware and are aware of what they're doing. If they can verbalize it and identify it in a moment when they're in trouble or in a moment when they think you might leave finally or in a moment when you know, news of their be true behaviors are leaking out into the world and now they're coming to you and I'm so sorry with real tears and everything and they admit to everything in that moment. That's not good. That's actually bad. That's actually worse. It means the whole time they were aware of their behaviors and how it was affecting you and what the appropriate behaviors should have been. So what we're looking for moving on is we're looking for changed behaviors, attitudes, priorities, actions, not words. These people are really good at talking and having conversations. This is the type of person that interviews really well and they get the job and then once they have the job they get super lazy. They don't actually live up to any expectations because they think that they should just rise to the top without having to do any of the work. Right? So you'll be confused as an employer, like this person really interviewed so well, I had such high hopes and now I can't even get them on the phone. Um, and they're pointing fingers and blaming other people, right? They're good talkers, they're good persuaders, they're very manipulative, remember? They have high levels of malevolent creativity and they also have no guilt or shame. So they don't care that they're manipulating you in these ways, they're doing it in a strategic way. They are using a part of their brain that is the strategic part of their brain. So when you're having a great talk, I hope and pray that it's actually true. I hope and pray that this is a genuine conversation that leads to positive change in your life. I truly do. However, it has been my experience that when you have a history of abusive behaviors and someone who treats you like garbage and disrespects you and undermines you, there's a lot of making up to do there. We're talking years of changed behavior to make up for the damage that they've done. So having a talk or a couple of good talks is not evidence that this person is either not actually abusive and you were wrong the whole time or that they're having a spiritual awakening and coming to terms with the reality of who they are 
or that they intend to actually change and get better. Just because we're talking doesn't mean any of those things. It just means that they're good at talking. Bye-bye. If you like this podcast, subscribe and leave us a review. Find Mandy Friedman, LPCC, CCDVC on YouTube and Facebook. Join the SNAP Survivors of Narcissistic and Abusive Personalities Facebook group and follow us on Instagram at The Official Snap. Thanks for listening.